Hey family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. Then she said, Behold, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. So return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. And where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. And thus may the Lord do to me, and worse, if anything but death parts you and me. And when she saw that she was determined to remain with her, she said no more to her. been blessed by the relationship series so far amen Uh, it's getting ready to come to a close Uh, me and my wife got a couple things we want to say to y'all together before it's all said and done but today I'm gonna preach uh, for a little while using as a subject I need a real one amen look at somebody and say I need a real one amen father thank you for this time help us now in Jesus name In 1992, uh, the hip-hop songstress known as Mary J. Blige dropped her hit album, What's the 411, headlined by the chart-topping single, Real Love. And in the song that became an instant classic, Mary took a drum kit and a piano and told the story of how she thought she had finally found someone to share her life with. But they left her hanging, and now that it was all said and done, she was searching for a real love. And whether you want to admit it or not, whether it be in a friendship, a partnership, a business endeavor, or a romantic relationship, many of us have thought we had something that was genuine, but at the end of the day, we found ourselves searching for something real. Many of us have given our time and expended our energy and gave of ourselves in an effort to find relationships and connections that were genuine And we put our best foot forward and gave the best of ourselves only to discover that we've trusted people who turned out to be counterfeit connections and still left us searching for the real thing. This is because our culture has conditioned us, beloved, to look for connections for the wrong reason. We're trained to look for connections as a way to come up. So people connect to us so that we can give them something that they lack or so that we can take them somewhere they want to go. But when they realize that we don't have anything left to give them, they abandon us and leave us empty and broken. 
Then we're trained to look for connections out of convenience so people connect with us because they don't have any other options. But as soon as another connection becomes available or more attractive or someone shows them more attention, they detach from us and we are left alone with our time wasted. Then we are trained to look for connections as a mean of consolation. People connect with us because they want us to help them feel something or to fill a void in their lives. But when it becomes clear that we can't fill the void or we can no longer make them feel the way that we used to make them feel, they walk away, leaving us wondering why we ever fooled around with them in the first place. And the sad reality of our lives is that we are surrounded by the flawed, the fake, and the phony. And because of this, we have fallen victim to many counterfeit connections and flaky relationships but even though we live in a culture that encourages connections for the sake of come-ups convenience and consolation God is calling us beloved to look for and to experience divine connections somebody say divine connections God wants you to experience something real. And is there anybody here in the building that can admit that you're tired of fake friends and counterfeit connections? Is there anybody here who can admit that after all the stuff you've had to go through in your life, all of the people who have walked away from you, all of the people who had told you they would be there, and then when you looked up in the storm, you found out that they could not stand the rain? Is there anybody here who can say, I'm looking for something real? I'm too old to be playing games. I'm too old uh, to be looking for friends when I need them and can't find them I need something real and God wants you to have real relationships because God is a real God beloved he is not honored by fake relationships God doesn't want you wasting your time with fake relationships and counterfeit connections and with people who cannot help you in the storms of life God wants you to have a divine connection somebody say divine connection yeah, God wants you to experience something real. God wants you to have a real one. And so a real one, beloved, let me define that for you. A real one, for the sake of preaching, is a, a person who is assigned by God to enter your life and impact it for the better. A person with no ulterior motives, who is not intimidated by adversity and is equipped to handle your personality. A person who will push you closer to God, deeper into death and won't leave you until the purpose of God in your life has been realized. Y'all didn't shout, so let me run that back. A real one is someone who is assigned by God, not your emotions, to enter your life and impact it for the better. A person with no ulterior motives, who is not intimidated by adversity and is equipped to handle your crazy personality. A person who will push you closer to God, deeper into destiny, and won't leave you until the purpose of God in your life has been realized. How many of y'all can say, I need a real one? Yeah, you need a real one. But why do I need a real one? The first reason, beloved, you need a real one is because you need people in your life who will push you closer to God. Somebody say closer to God. Yeah, I need people who will push me closer to God because many of us have people in our lives who will push us, but oftentimes they'll only push us in the direction that they want us to go. But if we're not, but if we're going to be successful, then we need to be able to hear God and not the people we're in relationship with. And instead of pushing you to take their advice, a real one will unapologetically push you to know and to do the will of God. As a matter of fact, a real one will check you. God help me. A real one will cause 
cause you to ask, when have you prayed last? When is the last time you talked to God about it? As a matter of fact, when is the last time you had a friend that would check you for complaining and venting and seeking advice more than you prayed? Uh, before they give you any advice, a real woman asks you, have you talked to God about it? And I need some friends that are so full of the Holy Ghost that they'll ask me before they give me any advice, have you talked to God about it? Don't ask me or don't tell me what you think. Don't tell me what your mama said. Don't tell me what your auntie did when she was in this situation. But I need a divine connection that will push me closer to God and not closer to them. But secondly, you need a real one because you need someone who is anointed for your blind spots. God help me. Yeah, I need someone who is anointed for my blind spots because no matter how gifted and anointed you are, you do realize that you have blind spots, don't you? You have areas in your life that you can't see as well as others and Satan works to derail your destiny by operating in your blind spots, the places where you have no skill, no experience and no vision. But when God sends you a real one, he sends you somebody who's anointed to watch your back Someone who can see what you can't see and can handle what you can't handle. God help me. Oh, look here. I want you to understand clearly what I'm saying. God never intends for a connection to make you whole because only he can do that. But he does intend for a connection to make you better. God help me. Oh, God, you might not be able to complete me, but you should be able to enhance me. God help me. Who am I talking to in the building? You got people around you that they can't complete you and they don't add any value to you. What are you still hanging around them? for stop carrying dead weight around people should be able to make you better they should be able to make you better by giving to you or they should be able to make you better by afflicting you to the point where you become more like Jesus if they're not adding any value to your life then you got to disconnect from them God help me oh God and you got to understand that when you're trying to make a divine connection beloved it's not enough for someone to see the best in you God help me it's not enough for people to recognize the best in you and you got to stop being impressed by people who recognize your potential. You got to stop being so insecure that every time somebody says they see greatness in you, it makes your heart skip a beat and makes your emotions flutter. You got to know what God has placed inside of you to the degree that when someone tells you you got purpose, you know that you got purpose because the reality is that a real one can recognize your purpose, but a leech, someone that's in your life to take from you can also recognize your purpose and people will attach to you because they think you can take them somewhere and you got to know that God ain't, a, ain't has not called you to let people leech off of you and suck off of you like emotional and spiritual vampires leaving you dead and empty but God says you need to look for somebody that can recognize your purpose in the right way because let me tell you the difference between a real one and a taker is that a real one will see your purpose and be committed to making it manifest God help me a real one will not just see the best in you but a real one will bring out the best in you God help me y'all ain't hearing me I'm preaching better than y'all looking at me God said a real one huh, will see what's in you huh, and call the best out of you God help me how do they do it huh? a real one will check you huh? they'll never condemn you huh? they won't throw your faults up in your face huh? they won't talk crazy to you but every now and then when you tripping they will remind you you're better than that huh? you got more in you than that huh? you can do better than that 
dad. You know that's not your husband. You know you need to stop texting her. Leave him alone. You're better than that. What you cussing for? Watch your mouth. What you drinking that for? Ain't you had too much? A real one will impose boundaries on your life. Not because they're trying to control you, but because they're trying to make sure that you arrive safely to your destination. Is there anybody here who can testify and say, I need a real one in my life? Yeah, in a culture uh, that tells us to come up for convenience, tell us to connect for come ups, convenience, and consolation. It is the will of God that his people look for divine connections. And we don't just need anyone, uh, but we need a real one. And never was this picture more beautifully painted than in the text that's before us today. Because in the text, we're able to look into the story of a real one named Ruth. The Bible says that there was a man from the name of Judah named Elimelech. And he was married to a woman named Naomi. And Elimelech and Naomi had two sons named Malon and Chilion. Now, let me tell you something that blew me away when I did my research. Malon means sickly and Chilion means wasting away. So you have Elimelech and Naomi and they have two sons named sickly and wasting away. But not only do they have two sons who are named sickly and wasting away, their sons are married to two women from the land of Moab, an enemy of Israel named Opar or Orpah and Ruth. And the Bible tells us that there was a famine in the land of Moab. And the famine claimed the life of Elimelech and of Malon and Chilion, leaving Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah as widows in Moab. But the Bible says that somehow Naomi hears that God is moving back home in Israel. So she decides to return home to her people. God help me. Let me pause there parenthetically and insert this. This is in my notes, uh, but it blew me away in the text. The Bible says that Naomi is in a land of famine that her husband and her two sons have died but somehow in the land of famine Naomi gets a word that God is moving back home in Israel God help me you missed it the Bible says that Naomi is married to Elimelech Elimelech and Naomi are living in Moab and in Moab there's a famine and the famine claims the life of Elimelech and Naomi's two sons but in the midst of the death in the land of famine Naomi hears a word in the land of famine that God is moving back home in Israel. God help me. You ain't got it yet. She's in the land of famine. She just buried her husband and their two sons. Uh, they're dead and they're in the land of famine but the Bible says that God is moving back home in Israel and so somehow or another even though Naomi is in the land of famine she still manages to hear from God and is there anybody here who knows it doesn't matter how bad your situation is you can always get a word in the midst of a famine. Aren't you glad that you serve a God that will get a word to you even in your desert place and so the Bible says that she hears that God is moving and because Naomi decides that she doesn't want to be where God isn't she gets out of Moab and gets ready to go back to Israel and the Bible says that because when she gets to Israel the laws of her people say that her two daughters-in-law are the property of her family and so they can't get remarried unless a relative a kinsman redeemer decides to marry them and take them as wives but there's a problem Naomi does not have any sons left and there were no close relatives that can marry her daughters-in-law so it looks like
life, her daughters-in-law will have to live as widows for the rest of their lives. And so to be gracious and to be kind, the Bible says that Naomi gives Ruth and Orpah a choice. She says, look, uh, you can come back to Israel with me, but then you'll got, you have to live alone for the rest of your life. Stay here with your family, God help me, and go live with your people. And hopefully you can find somebody that will love you. And the Bible says that although Orpah loved her mother-in-law, they had a beautiful relationship with no static, with no tension. She loved her dearly. But the Bible says that Orpah weighed her choices and decided to go back to her home and to her people. Verse 14 says that she kissed her mother-in-law and she cried with a loud voice. But after she kissed her and cried, God help me, she still left. And is there anybody here who knows that people will make a big fuss over you? They will cry, they will kick, and they will scream. But when you look up, they'll still be gone. They'll cry and say they don't want to lose you and they care about you and it's valuable to them. But then they'll still do the same things that cause you to want to leave them in the first place. The Bible says that Oprah gets emotional, but she doesn't stay connected. And be careful with people who get all irate. God help me. They'll get emotional, but they won't stay connected because people who are motivated by emotion are inconsistent because they'll only be as committed as their emotions allow them to be in the moment. They'll only be as committed as they feel like being committed. But the Bible says that after Orpah kisses and cries and walks away, Ruth decides that she's going to stay with her mother-in-law. Ruth decides that no matter what happens, she's going to leave, never leave her side. Because even though the journey with Naomi was going to be hard, and even though the people in Israel may not accept her, Ruth is a real one. And real ones don't run away from divine connections. And I believe that just like there was a Ruth for Naomi, it is the will of God that you and I find divine connections. And many of us will miss out on what God has for us because we don't know how to properly identify those connections when God sends them into our lives. But I believe that as we pause and we look at this particular passage of scripture, we can learn from the life of Ruth how we can recognize the real ones that God sends our way. So the relevant question then today is, how do I recognize a real one? Look at your neighbor and say, recognize a real one. Recog recognize a real one. First of all, I got to move. A real one won't run away because of your dysfunction. Mm, yeah, a, a real one won't run away because of your dysfunction. God, help me. Look at the text. The text says, then she said, behold, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return, therefore, after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to turn back from following you. God, help me. When we read Ruth chapter 1, we find out that Naomi has had to deal with abandonment in a real way. Death has taken her husband as well as her two sons. And in verse 14, her daughter-in-law, Orpah, has also decided to leave, uh, leave Naomi and go back to her people. And only Ruth has decided to stay. But because of the hell that Naomi has had to handle, she starts speaking from the place of her pain and tells Ruth to leave her just like everybody else. Naomi begins to unload all of her insecurities and all all of her pain and all of her dysfunction on Ruth. But instead of running away, the Bible says that Ruth sees Naomi's dysfunction and declares, I'm not going anywhere. God help me. And when a person has been assigned to your life, they are able to see the things about you. They're not blind. They're not naive. They're not crazy. They can see everything about you. 
that will cause every other person in your life to walk away from you. But in spite of what they see, something inside of them tells them, I'm staying. God, help me. Oh, God, and many of us can't find divine connections because like Naomi, we are too proud to admit that we have issues. And many of us, many of our present issues come from the pain of our past. God, help me. Oh, we're still working through some stuff. We got stuff in the past that, that's from the past, rather, that is afflicting us in our present. But we have to decide to stop letting the pain of our past mess up our present connections and learn how to celebrate what God is doing in your life right now. God, help me. Y'all missed it. You got to stop allowing your past pain to disrupt your present connections. God, help me. And learn how to celebrate what God is doing in your life right now. God, help me. I heard somebody say, God, help me. Matter of fact, I think it was your president, Donald Trump, number 45. He said, the past is a horrible piece of real estate. God, help me. It's a horrible place to live. God, help me. And some of y'all are making a bad real estate investment in your marriages, in your friendships, in your partnerships, because you won't relocate from the place of your pain to the place of the present where God is blessing you right now. You can't even enjoy the money that you are making because you're mad about the job that you got fired from that you didn't deserve to get fired from. You can't even enjoy the people that love you right now because you're still focused on people who didn't love you in the past. But you got to decide to stop allowing your dysfunction, God help me, from your past to mess up your present relationships. Because if you can admit to God that you're a lot to handle, he will send you somebody who is equipped to handle it all. God help me. God will send you somebody that is anointed to handle your crazy. God help me. He will send you somebody that is anointed to handle your particular brand of dysfunction. Come on married folk. Who am I preaching to in the house today? Comfort, comfort somebody and let them know that you ain't too crazy for God to make somebody just for you. God knew what he had, what you had in you when he made you. God knew what was going on in your mind when he told you that you was going to be somebody's spouse. God will send you somebody and let me give a word to some single person. Don't settle for somebody who can only handle the pretty parts of you but wait on God because he's sending somebody Lord help me who can handle it is there anybody here who believes that God is getting ready to send you somebody that can handle you they can handle your pain they can handle your urges they can handle your desires they can handle your mouth they can handle your money choices they can handle you and not only can they handle you but they can help you get where God is calling you to be my time oh, my time is up uh, a real one won't run away from your dysfunction but then secondly a real one is committed to walking with you wherever God leads you yeah look at what Ruth tells Naomi she says for where you go I will go and where you lodge I will lodge God help me rem let, let me put a pin there uh, remind me to come back to that lodging part of that verse. Uh, she says, where you go, I will go. So not only does Ruth tell Naomi that she's not going to be pushed away by her dysfunction, but she goes even further and tells her that no matter where Naomi's journey takes her, Ruth will be right there by her side. And isn't it interesting that there are people in our lives who will walk with us as long as we're walking in a direction that they can understand 
or that they can agree with. But as soon as God sends us in a direction that they're unsure of, they want to abandon ship. God, help me. Uh, you changed. Uh, this ain't what we signed up for. Uh, this is not what we thought it was going to be. Uh, uh, so it, it's too inconsistent. And they don't understand that God is working on you and that sometimes when you're following God, God will change the course and change the direction. But a real one, God, help me, won't leave you because they're not assigned to the destination. They're assigned to you as a person. So even if God changes the destination or the area of your assignment, a real one stays committed because they're loyal to you no matter where God takes you. God, help me. Y'all miss that. Too many people are connected to your destination and not to you. God, help me. They want to go where God is taking you. But if God changes where he's taking you, they don't want to be with you anymore. Do you hear what I'm saying? But a real one says, I'm committed to you. Even if God says you ain't going to blow up, you're just going to be low-key local. Even if you'll never be mega, you'll just be faithful. I'm still with you. God, help me. Even if it doesn't look like what you told us it was going to be in the beginning. I didn't sign up because I wanted to be famous. I signed up because I wanted to be faithful. And I'm sticking with you. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? And this is a season where I'm looking for people who will leave room for God to reroute me. Because sometimes God will change the course. And when God reroutes you, it may make a real one mad. It might surprise them. It might upset them. But they won't leave you. Because a real one isn't designed to use you for where you can take them. But a real one is on assignment to help you get wherever God wants you to go. God, help me. Is there anybody here who can say that I need God to send me a real one? I, I need God to send me somebody who is committed to me and what God is doing in me. God, help me. And I want to prophesy to somebody today by the power of God that this is the season of your life where God is sending you people who will declare I'm with you. God, help me. People with no ulterior motives, people who don't want to take from you, you ain't got to write them a check. You ain't got to give them a love offering. You ain't got to shout them out on Facebook. You ain't got to tag them on social media. All they want to do is help you. This is a season where God is getting ready to return to you that which you've given out to so many other people. Oh, God. And can I tell you something else about a real one? The reason why a real one will go with you on a journey is because a real one, God help me, is able to see the God in you in spite of what they know about you. God help me. How many of you have ever heard the, the saying that familiarity breeds contempt? You ever heard that? Anybody ever heard somebody say familiarity breeds contempt? That's a lie from the pits of hell. Familiarity only breeds contempt in the heart of a person that wasn't qualified to get familiar with you in the first place. But if they're qualified to be familiar with you, God help me, they'll never start to hate you for what they see in your humanity. But they'll cover you, God help me. And a real one will say, I'm following you because even though you're flawed and flaky at times, I can still see the God in you. Uh, a real one is committed to walking with you wherever God leads you. But then thirdly, a real one will embrace all of you. All of you. All of you. Not just the parts that they like, but all of you. I know y'all think I'm making it up, but it's in the text. Look at what Naomi, Ruth says to Naomi. She says, and your people will become my people. And your God 
my God, Lord, help me. She says, your people will be my people. But not just your family. Your God. My God. Oh, Ruth promises Naomi not only that she is going to stay with her. Watch this. And that no matter where the journey takes her, she's going to be with her. But Ruth promises to embrace the things that are precious to Naomi by making Naomi's people her people and making Naomi's God her God. And when God connects you to a person, he doesn't connect them, to connect them so that they can say they love you and at the same time reject all of the things that come with you. But when God sends somebody into your life, he sends them to embrace who and what God has called you to embrace. Now, this is not just about you making sure that you hook up with another believer. That's important. But this is especially true in the area of your calling and your purpose. You got to learn to be careful of people who claim to love you, but will watch from the sidelines of life while you're pursuing your purpose as if they need an invitation to become involved. They'll even say things to you like, good for you and do your thing. And while that sounds good and supportive, that is a clear sign of disconnection because God never calls two people together so that one of them can do their thing and the other person can do their thing. Because whenever there is more than one thing in the house, more than one vision, that is division. God help me. But when God brings people together in a holy hookup, he does it so that when they come together, they can do it in one unified purpose and not one one person do their thing and the other person do their thing but so that they can come together and do his thing God help me and a real one doesn't need an invitation to come join you in purpose because they're on assignment they will see what you're doing and fall in line because immature people say nobody asked me nobody asked me for my opinion I felt like I was being left out nobody considered me nobody asked me what I thought a real one will see a need and jump in line and get in where they fit in because if it matters to you then it matters to them God help me y'all missing this some of y'all are on purpose and you feel like you got significant others but what does it feel like God help me when you got an insignificant significant other when the God could remove them out of the picture and it wouldn't affect what you're doing in your purpose on your job and in your ministry you got to learn how to disconnect from people who will watch you do what you do who will send you to church and support you in ministry from their house and not be with you when you're trying to serve the Lord. You got to watch out for people like that because those are dead weight connections and Hebrews says that no matter who it is you got to lay aside every weight. And this is a season of your life where you got to learn to identify people who will fall in line. As a matter of fact, God is sending you some people, Lord help me, who have no ulterior motives they're simply on assignment to assist. God help me. 
as, as a pastor in this season of ministry, I'm looking for people who ain't got a whole bunch of ideas, uh, ain't got a whole bunch of criticisms that ain't asking to say, when you're going to get TV screens and lights and when you're going to have a choir. I'm looking for people who can show up and say, how can I help God help me? Oh, God, I'm looking for people who can show up and see a need and say, I'm in there. Oh, I'm, I'm in there. I'm here to assist you. And I believe that if you be that kind of person, God will send you what you're looking for. If you become it, God will send it to you. Uh, uh, but y'all know I'm a pastor, right? So I, I got to say this. Even though it is implicit in Ruth's statement to Naomi, right? And I think that even if my daughter read this text, she could understand what I'm about to say. Because I'm a pastor, not a motivational speaker, not a relationship therapist, uh, I got to say this. Not only does Ruth embrace what Naomi embraces in regards to what and where she's called to, but Ruth also makes it clear that it is impossible to love someone, accept their way of life, embrace their family, and not accept their God. Uh, it's tight, but it's right. And the reason why many of us fail in connections and make connections that we regret is because we wait too long to introduce our relationship with God into the equation of the relationship. And if we want to be successful in our relationships, now listen, I'm not talking about God talk. I'm talking about introducing your relationship into the equation. Can I be honest? Can I be transparent? Yeah, I'll be transparent. I'll tell my business so that y'all ain't got to tell yours and y'all can still lie and act like y'all perfect and y'all never made the mistakes. I'll take that bullet for you from up here. Most times in marriage, I'm married. I've been married for, it'll be uh, eight years this December. I've been married. And in those eight years, most of the mistakes I've made in marriage were because I didn't introduce my wife soon enough. I made too many relationships, too many connections before I introduced my wife into the equation. It's not just, and it's not just women, it's, it's with men too, because how many of y'all know that God pulled Eve from the rib, which means that there is a rib missing, and when God connects you with a wife, she's there to protect that space in your heart that's left exposed from that rib that's missing. And most of the time when I've made mistakes, it's because I've waited too long to introduce my wife into the equation. And many of us make mistakes in our relationships because we don't introduce our relationship. <laughs> you missing it. There is a difference between me talking about my wife in passing so that you know I got one. And me actually introducing my wife into the relationship and saying that this relationship cannot exist without the approval of this relationship. God help me. Oh, y'all missed it. I'm going to hit y'all in the back in a minute. See, some of us fail making connections because we talk about God and want folk to know that he's there. That you believe in him. That you go to church. That you pray sometimes. That you're doing a Daniel fast. But the Daniel fast does not constitute relationship with God. You got to let 
people know that I'm so wrapped up in God and I'm in such a deep relationship with him that if you want to get to me, you got to go through him. God, help me. Oh, God, is there anybody here that can say I'm not falling in, in love with anybody who hasn't fallen in love with God? Oh, Lord, if you haven't fallen in love with Jesus, you can't be the business partner I need you to be. If you haven't fallen in love with God, you can't be the person I need you to be. She says, your people will be my people. Uh, check this out. Your people will be my people. Mm. I don't got time to deal with this like I want to deal with it. But Ruth is making a decision that culturally we don't understand to us. Like everybody either is an American or has assimilated in some way to American culture. So we don't understand the gravity of what Ruth is saying. Ruth is saying that she's going to adopt a people who legally cannot adopt her. She is getting ready to embrace family members who will never accept her because she's a Moabite. But because she loves Naomi, she chooses to embrace who Naomi embraces for Naomi's sake, even though who she's embracing will never embrace her back. And can you love somebody enough, God help me, that they hold on even when holding on don't feel good all the time. God help me. That they'll still speak to your people even when your people don't speak back to them. That they're mature enough, God help me, to embrace people who won't embrace them back. I got to move. Number four. Uh, so we got a real one won't run away because of your dysfunction. A real one is committed to walking with you wherever God leads you. Number three, a real one will embrace all of you. And then number four, and I'm done. A real one will refuse to quit on the connection. Look at what she says. She says, and where you die, I will die and there I will be buried and thus may the Lord do more to me and worse if anything but death parts you and me not a disagreement but death not your dishonesty but death not your adultery but death not your debt your death Nothing but death. God, help me. Anybody ever seen the color purple? You've you seen, you seen the color purple, right? Uh, Nettie's being taken away or Celie's been taken away. And Nettie yells after her. Nothing but death can keep me from her. Nothing. You know, uh, the writer of the color purple didn't invent that. Ruth said it first to Naomi. She said, nothing but death, God help me, is going to separate us, God help me. Ruth tells Naomi, I'm not just in this with you while we're both broken and desperate and in the midst of famine, but I'm in this with you to the death, God help me. And the reality is that people will connect with you while they're in a low point. But when they come up, Kanye, they'll quit on the connection or worse, 
because they can't handle the adversity that comes with the connection. They'll run away from the fight. But Ruth teaches us that a real one doesn't walk away until their assignment is finished. God, help me. And I don't know who I'm preaching to, but people will start with you and start strong and then they'll leave you. And is there anybody here who's tired of premature exits? God, help me. Oh God, come on, be real. Take off your church mask for a minute and testify. You tired of people acting like they're going to be with you and getting real emotional on the front end and talking real tough and making bold declarations and Facebook statuses and Twitter posts and Instagram posts about how they gonna be there but then when adversity strikes they leave you but God is sending us some people who will go all the way God help me they're not just going to start the journey but they're going to finish God help me God is placing people in your life beloved who won't run from your dysfunction who won't abandon you after a misunderstanding who won't throw you away after a mistake but they're going to stay and fight because you're worth fighting for God help me as a matter of fact I believe that's why some of you came to faith restored this morning because you need a church and a pastor who believes that in spite of what you've gone through you're still worth fighting for and I want you to know that you got a church that has a Ruth connection with you I don't care where you've been before I don't care what bishop what pastor what preacher what reverend doctor you sat under before you got here you fooling with a real one now we're not going to let you go we're not just gonna let you fall off we're not just gonna let you walk away we're not gonna let you walk away from God we're not gonna let you start skipping church we're not gonna let you start being unfaithful you're messing with a real one because we're on assignment to make sure you get where God wants you to be mm. Lord Jesus my time is gone uh, uh, Lord Jesus But finally, last thing I see, uh, Lord, Jesus, I'm trying not to shout. Uh, the last thing I see is that even though Naomi has pain and has doubts, the Bible says that once Naomi saw that Ruth wasn't going anywhere, she stopped trying to get her to leave. Once Naomi realized that Ruth was genuine, the Bible says that Naomi stopped trying to push her away. And can I tell you what my prayer for you is in 2019? I'm praying that God sends you the kind of connections that put your insecurities to rest. God, help me. I'm praying that God sends you a connection that restores your faith. God, help me. And is there anybody here who is tired of going through the storms in relationships, uh, but you're willing to believe that God is able to send the right one into your life? God, help me. And it might seem crazy after all you've been through, but I want somebody to believe that the right one is on the way. He's going to send you somebody that will shut your mouth. A love... That'll shut your mouth. Okay. I'm done for real. God wants you to have a divine connection. He wants you to have a real one. And because uh, I told y'all before that uh, I'm a preacher. I'm not a therapist. Um, 
I got to let you know that while you're searching for a real one, before you go looking for a friend, a lover, a business partner, you need to recognize that there is a real one that's been with you all along. God help me. Don't say amen too loud. I'm trying not to shout. We got to quit. Uh, you've got somebody in your life that was not afraid of your dysfunction. Not, not only did they walk with you on the journey, but when you got tired, they carried you. God, help me. Uh, you got somebody that loved who you loved more than you loved them. And you got somebody in your life that didn't give up on you. As a matter of fact, instead of giving up on you, they gave their life for you. God help me. Y'all missed it. You looking for a man, but I want you to know that you've already got somebody named Jesus. God help me. And that's why God help me. That's why I can be satisfied. No matter who I'm looking for in life, while I'm waiting on God to send me another real one, I can shout because I got a real one named Jesus. I, I've got somebody in my life who went to the match for me. And is there anybody here who can say that Jesus is a real one? God, help me. Oh, God, I don't know who I'm preaching to now. But is there anybody in the building that can say Jesus is the real one? God, help me. I know you want a man. I know Jesus is not your romantic lover. I know he can't take you out on a day. But is there anybody here who can testify? Can't nobody, God, I wish I had a church in here today, do me like Jesus. Can't nobody love me like him. Nobody can do me like the Lord. And in the midnight hour, when I feel like I'm alone, I've got the lover of my soul who will wrap his arms around me and tell me, God, help me. I wish I had an old school church that remembered, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me that I his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known is there anybody here who can say Jesus is a real one can I tell you how I know God I feel it deep down in my sanctified soul oh I know he's a real one can I tell you how I know he's a real one because he came down from 42 generations into a virgin womb and the creator of creation became a baby in the womb of the woman he created. He's a real one. I know he's a real one because he turned water into wine, opened up deaf ears, opened up blinded eyes. He's a real one. He's a real one because his best friend Lazarus died, stayed dead, but he got him up. He's a real one because there was a man who couldn't walk at the pool of Bethesda, but he told him, take up your bed and walk. But I told y'all, I just got out. God help me. I'm a Baptist boy. I grew up with a Baptist daddy. Can I tell you how I know he's a real one? Huh? Because one Friday God help me. They led him up a hill far away huh? to an old rugged cross. Huh? They hung him high. God help me. They stretched him wide. Huh? He dropped his head huh? in the locks of his shoulders huh? and he died. Huh? Didn't he die? Huh? But is there anybody here huh? in the building today huh? that can say you know he's a real one because he didn't stay dead but early 
One Sunday morning, he got up with all power because he's a real one.